Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast. My name is Thomas Frank, and this is a show that helps you become a more effective student. And on today's episode, we're actually talking about something that I've had an interest in for a long, long time. We're going to be talking about the subject of speed reading. Now, this is kind of a coincidence because my guest on the show today, Zach Sexton from Asian Efficiency, who was actually back on the podcast uh, episode 28, we talked about productivity. He's been getting into speed reading and uh, he read a book on techniques you can use to increase your reading speed. And on the opposite side of that coin, I have been doing research for a video that I'm wanting to make on why speed reading, uh, at least a lot of the claims out there, are basically BS. Um, so in this episode, I'm going to present a lot of the research findings that uh, I read about, and um, it's kind of going to be a companion to this week's upcoming video. So if you want to get a little bit more detail and uh, some opposing points of view, potentially, on the subject of speed reading and uh, eventually a conclusion on it, then this episode is for you. And if you want to find the show notes with links to some of the things we talked about, they are, as always, over at CIGpodcast.com. Episode 74 link on that page will get you all those links summary and a link for reviewing the podcast on iTunes if you are so inclined, which, by the way... Uh, ever since I mentioned on the last episode that we we're getting close to 50 reviews, a few of you stepped up. We are now at 54 reviews. Thank you guys so much for that. I was not expecting that and made my day when I went and logged into iTunes and saw those reviews. I'm really glad you guys are enjoying the show. So thank you so much for that feedback and keep it coming. Uh, so let's get into the episode. All right. What up, Zach? I need to get a what different... up, Thomas? I need to get a different picture of you for this episode because I'm OCD like that. But yeah, welcome back. Oh, okay. And uh, I guess you've convinced me I'll, to do a podcast I'll get episode. You a new one. <laughs> I guess you've convinced me to do a podcast episode on speed reading because you and I have been uh, debating this. Let's see, we had a little debate about it on Friday, right? So you're yeah, in yeah. the camp that says you can speed read, right? If I were to simplify it. I. I I recently joined that camp. Okay. I was I was not in that camp previously, but now now I'm in it. So, um, and this is going to be spoiler for people who listen to this like the day it comes out. Uh, Thursday, which I mean, three days from when this gets published, I'm doing a video breaking down the science of like what can feasibly be thought of as like a normal reading speed, like all the biology of it, uh, how our eyes focus on things. And we'll probably get even more into detail about that stuff in this podcast. But, you know, after reading all this research, I am pretty anti-speed reading, at least to the degree that a lot of people claim that you can, like, get to. And uh, so I thought it'd be cool to have a conversation about that since you are sort of for speed reading. And you like you got a book that kind of yeah. taught you some stuff, right? Right. Totally. So just a little backstory. 
I felt like I was, I've always kind of felt like I was a slow reader. And you, you get a lot of emails from your, your readers and viewers and listeners about speed reading, don't you? Yeah. Or just like a, a lot of times they're not asking specifically about like speed reading. They just ask, how do I get through my huge textbook reading assignments or how do I read more books or how do you, you know, read so many books? Yeah. Which, and you always like kind of ask a secret. I don't read that many books. <laughs> <laughs> you don't read very many books. I can see a bunch on your bookshelf. I mean, I have a bunch of, uh, I learned a new Japanese word the other day. Martin taught me it. It's uh, tsunduku, and or tsundoku, I think it is. And it is the word for somebody who buys lots of books but does not read them. So I am a bit of a tsundoku because, <laughs> you know, I try to read my books, but I buy them at a faster rate than I can read them, unfortunately. Um, so, I'm, you know, and I often will get interested in new, like a new subject. So I'll start reading another book. And then I like all of a sudden I'm reading six books at one time. What the heck am I doing with my life? <laughs> so I think I read like 17 books last year and I'm, I'm not on track to beat that this year. Uh, the problem with getting so consistent with video is I've like cut down my reading time. It's always a trade-off. But yeah. Yeah. I recently listened to an interview and Kevin Kelly was on answering questions from Reddit on Tim Ferriss's podcast okay. and one question was what's one habit or ritual you can do to change your life and he says read 10 books a year so you're already past that point yes where, i can take the seven uh, more i think from most last people year <laughs> and apply them to 2015 right yeah you only have to do three brilliant yeah, you're good to go okay and i know if you i know a few books that you've read because we've talked about them yeah but back to how to read faster or, or why i believe you actually can read a little bit faster and then we can talk about maybe other strategies or, or tips or tricks and I don't know if you how many spoilers you want to give for your video but we can we can um, you know we can dive in but my my thought was that I, I just go ahead oh I was just gonna say like the average video gets like 20,000 views now and the average podcast gets like 3,000 so I know that the overlap isn't that bad like even if every single person who listens to this episode goes and watches the video afterwards, we're not spoiling it for like 17,000 of those people. So I think we're fine to present a lot of the information that I've gotten in my notes for the video today. Plus, like, we'll have your side of it as well. So okay. it'll be kind of more comprehensive. We are opening the kimono. Yes. <laughs> About speed reading. We're, we're going to do We're going to give it all. You're, you're just, minds are going to be blown. Or the trench coat. Or that <laughs> <laughs> creepy, creepy guy on on campus. <laughs> what would you rather me open, a kimono or a trench coat? All right. Um, since I've seen you in a kimono, <laughs> you have. That's I right. can picture it better. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a comfy kimono. <laughs> it was weird though. Yeah, I took a screenshot of it and tweeted it out. Yeah, I didn't make sure to like lay on the floor just because like when you sit cross-legged in a kimono, it like it just. Uh, opens up and just everything is there <laughs> unless you're wearing like shorts underneath so I was like laying on the floor trying not to have it fall off of me while I'm on Skype video with you guys <laughs> yeah you're drinking a beer you're in Japan it was I pretty was. cool it was a good night I, I miss Japan alright so so, so yeah that would have been a fun trip you made I had never had a really an inclination to go before and what I've seen Following, following along there, it seemed seemed a little neater. Um, well, you went but to Thailand, back to right? speed reading. We're talking about speed reading. 
Yeah, we are talking. Okay. <laughs> I did go to Thailand. But you Thailand's did. not Japan. That's true. Well, you should go to Japan, and I will go to Thailand, and then we'll both be able to talk yep. about them. Okay, yes. so do you want me to break down like the science that I read about first, or do you want to kind of like break down your experience with what you've learned so far? Well, I break down yours so I I can counter every single point. Can I counter every single point? Okay, so let's just see here. I, I mean, I've been going through a lot of uh, resources. The big one here is this research paper that was. I'm like loading it up right now so I can see the author. It's. Uh, Keith Rayner, he was a researcher at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. Um, he published this paper back in 1998, but it's it's like the result of 20 years of research on reading, information processing, and uh, like eye movements. So let me break it all down for you because there's a lot of detail here. So basically, reading is like a three-step process. Uh, and the three steps are fixations. Uh, what are called saccades, and then the cognitive processing. So basically what a fixation is, is the period of time where your eye is fixed upon a specific area of text that you're reading. Now a saccade, which is the French word, it's French for like jerk or twitch, is a jerky, twitchy eye movements that uh, you that your eyes make when they're going to the page. It's not smooth eye movements, they're jerky little twitches. Now this is interesting because the eye actually has several types of movement there's something called smooth pursuit which we i think we evolved to essentially track prey and that's where your eye can actually track a moving object in a smooth fashion Um, and most people can only do smooth pursuit when they are tracking a physical object that's moving so like if you take your finger and you move it across the room and you keep your head fixed but you move your eyes that'll be smooth pursuit there's also vergence where your eyes move closer to each other to focus on a small or uh, something that's like close to you um, in the middle of your vision. So if you put your finger up and focus on that, that's vergence. And there's also called vestibular eye movement, which is what happens when your eyes compensate for head movement while keeping fixed on a fixed subject. So if you look at something and then turn your head towards it, your eyes still stay fixed on that. That's vestibular eye movement. And there's these, there's some smaller types as well. Um, What they found out is your eyes never really actually stay completely still. But uh, when you're reading, you use saccades or what they call saccadic eye movement. Now, they have, have actually been able to measure the time periods that each of these take. So um, before we get into times, though, let's talk a little bit about fixations. So fixations are necessary because the eye has three different types of, um, I guess, clarity in the visual spectrum. So like right in the middle... There is the foveal part of your vision. Uh, It's called the fovea, and that's about one to two degrees of visual range where everything is in high resolution, very clear. It's the central part of of the retina. And um, outside of the foveal area, there's the parafoveal area. That's five degrees on either side of the fixation. And then after that, you have the peripheral. So that's everything else. Now, everything in the periphery, you can see it's blurry. Uh, You can make out movement, you can make out colors, but you can't make out details. So this is important for reading because unlike with just a general scene in your environment where you can sort of make out details or movement uh, with your peripheral vision or with your parafoveal vision, with reading, you need to have most of it in the foveal area and you really can't make out a whole ton that's outside of it. You can make out maybe one or two letters in the parafoveal area, 
most of it's going to be in the foveal area. So a typical fixation when you're reading silently, which it's actually different if you're reading out loud, but silently, it's going to be about eight letters. And let's see here. I've got all these notes that are hard to get through. <laughs> um, let's see here. But so, and uh, I have all these. Okay. Yeah. So now a typical two degree saccade takes about um, 30 milliseconds. And that is the typical saccade length or yeah, length, I guess, distance for silent reading. So you can move within 30 milliseconds, read eight letters, and then uh, you have your fixation, which takes about 225 milliseconds. So these are kind of hard limits for how fast the eye can actually move across the page. And then there's the actual cognitive processing time, which uh, happens when your brain takes in the symbols that it's just read, actually converts them to oral speech because reading is for the most part, just a visual way of representing uh, oral language, auditory language. And at that point, limited by your working memory, which has only about four slots for, uh, you know, chunks of information, similar bits of information. Now, these aren't the only factors that go into determining average reading speed because you've got uh, what are called regressions, where the eye skips back to material it's already read. And this happens for skilled readers about 15% of the time. And you've got short regressions where a saccade may have gone too far and you basically like didn't aim correctly. And then longer regressions that are made when the reader didn't understand what they just read. So these happen about 15% of the time. And then the, on the other side of the equation, there is uh, words you skip when you're reading. So for skilled readers, uh, you skip different kinds of words, different percentages of the time. So there's content words and there are function words. Content words are the words that actually communicate the ideas and concepts you're reading about. And then function words are kind of like the glue, the um, the words that exist to basically express the grammatical relationships between those content words. So things like the and a pronouns, like he and she, uh, particles, if then, however, those kind of words. So your eye only fixates on function words about 35% of the time. And then your eye fixates on content where it's about 85% of the time. So you are skipping words as you read. And the probability of a word actually being fixated upon increases with the word's length. And that's the reason function words don't get fixated on. They're usually very, very short. So that's kind of the science of it. Now, it gets interesting because skilled readers, um, the difference between you know their speed and people who read a little slower is that they have shorter fixations uh, they have quicker saccades and then they have fewer regressions or I guess shorter distance saccades, um, no, sorry, longer distance saccades. And then those, uh, fewer regressions back to material they've already gone through. So that's basically the science behind it. And that's why I don't really agree with these, these people who claim that you can just move your eye over the text quicker because as you do, you get into territory where you're just scanning the text and not exactly comprehending it. Um, they did a lot of research behind this. They did a research trial where they brought speed readers in to, to basically compete with normal readers. And the speed readers were reading about 700 words per minute um, or maybe slightly less. And they then tested the comprehension of these speed readers reading at the speed and the comprehension levels were really low. And then they had the normal readers... Uh, instructed them to skim the text and the comprehension levels were basically similar. So the conclusion is basically that speed reading is basically skimming. 
so that is my uh initial presentation zach all right well that <laughs> was, was a like, lot of science minutes <laughs> yes <laughs> A lot of knowledge, and it was actually really interesting because I did not get into the weeds of things, but I can see a lot of the techniques that I recently learned where they're coming from. It does have to deal with the saccade and focusing more on content words versus functioning words Mm -hmm. and preventing that regression that will slow you down and there's um and just kind of a a little bit of my backstory for for getting into the speed reading um and just the interest in it as well as um is trying to learn to apply it is there was a app in the app store it's still there it's called quick read but it was free a couple weeks ago sorry it's no longer free it's ten dollars but when it was free one of my agent efficiency colleagues threw it in in the hip chat where we talk it's kind of like slack and i downloaded it and i set it to 400 or 450 words per minute i can't remember i wasn't expecting much um i it the cool thing about the quick read is that it links to things like instapaper and pocket so i already had articles all loaded up on there so i just press play and the article the words were flashing really fast and i actually felt like my comprehension and concentration and focus were increased at that higher speed. So that got hmm. me interested, and that's why I, I ended up picking up the, the book, 10 Days to Faster Reading, because it was recommended as a good way to learn speed reading because I, I've kind of gotten over the fact that, oh, okay, well, maybe I can do this. Okay. And that technology that the, uh, the quick read uses actually came, stems back to World War II, and this is something before we, we started started recording we were debating how to uh to actually pronounce this word uh discope we'll put it in the show notes yeah te- i've got a bunch of pictures of them right now on my uh, on Google uh, <laughs> yeah i'm looking at a, a picture of one as well but the original one in the 1940s was made by the u.s air force so um so you so our pilots could actually spot whether it was an enemy or a um, a plane or a U.S. plane very quickly. Plus, they were jets, so things were moving fast. And what they did is, what the tachetoscope does is um, is flashes images at increasingly mm. fast rates. And what they found is with training that these pilots or really anybody could start recognizing planes, very like just small little minuscule dots at incredibly fast rates. So what what I read was one five hundredth of a second they could recognize, oh, this is a whatever fighter jet that seems to be uh, so many clicks away. Uh, I'm not I'm not really sure. But they took that technology about a decade or so later in the 1950s and started using it, made it a little bit more portable and, and started using it for speed reading classes. So instead of pictures of planes, they used pictures of words or word phrases and flashed them on a screen very quickly uh, oh. to get people to to read a little bit quicker so that that's not super helpful if you're somebody who needs to read a textbook or somebody who wants to read a regular book um, and and doesn't can't throw everything onto an app that just forces them to uh, to read faster because it's just flashed automatically there and you don't have to worry about your your saccades or your regressions <laughs> or anything like that that is actually kind of the benefit of that quick read app is that it just flashes right in one spot. So you can just focus on that spot and, 
and uh, notice that. And that's actually um, kind of uh, something I didn't really think about until you were just talking now. Yeah. Is that is but, that actually called Read Quick? Or is it? Because uh, I can't find quick, one called Quick Read, but I think Read Quick is, I'm looking at the app store page for it and it's 10 bucks. So. Oh, okay. Then that was probably one of the typos. <laughs> read Quick. <laughs> yeah. So I've actually used I, it before. the reason. And I think, oh, okay. I, I think I actually paid the 10 bucks for it at one point because a few years ago I was very into tr- all these speed reading apps. Uh, have you heard of like Spritz and Spreeder as well? I've heard of Spreeder. I think they That's, do uh, very on the web, similar right? things. Yeah, and Spritz got some uh, some pretty big press a few, maybe a year ago or so about this. But they all do a similar thing. They kind of flash the text in front of you. So I have a response to that. Well, I haven't <laughs> even gotten to my speed reading techniques, but go okay. ahead. Let me hear your response. So uh, in uh, in Rainer's research findings, um, he talks about this this method called rapid serial visual presentation, um, where it's basically to kiss the scope type of you know flashing of text. And there was another one called self paced reading, where the where the actual user could push a button when they wanted to flash it. So what he says here is that uh, comparisons to this task to normal reading have typically revealed that with short sentences, results are typical of normal reading that can be obtained. But when longer passages are presented, the processing system quickly gets overloaded and comprehension breaks down. Um, that comes from a 1983 study. And then with the self-paced reading, it just was too slow because people had to like basically stop in between every word and process the command to press the button. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's some interesting research I found on that. And I actually found this myself because I used to use Spreeder and Spritz to try to read blog posts faster. And it would happen to me. I would I would be following along okay for maybe about a 30 seconds or so. And then I would kind of like have to go back. And uh, I've, I found that doing the flash method didn't really work for me. Okay. I only tried four or five articles. And I think most of the articles, well, it gives the time. So I did five, six minutes and I... I was able to do it. Okay. Um, and what, what speed did you put it at? To, I think it's at 450. Okay. So not crazy fast. Yeah. So that's a cool thing that I, I looked in this paper and they had uh, some studies of speed readers and also skilled readers. And some of these skilled readers were reading in like 378 words per minute, 380 words per minute. So I think, you know, between four and 500 is actually doable if you can train the right speed reading techniques. Um, where I usually take issue is when people are saying like, you can get past that. So, but yeah, I think, you know, if people tend to read slower than 400, there are definitely some improvements they can make. Yeah. And that actually, so maybe we don't have as big a beef with each other as I thought. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to get people up to or, or what I think I wish I was up to. And I'm becoming the type of person that tends to read at about 400 words per minute Okay, at 400 to 450. And I was just through uh, through kind of testing what I was at. I was at 300, okay. which is kind of um, average to a slightly above average. But if you're one of those people who are at 100 or 150 words per minute, which is basically the speed at which we're talking right now, then yeah. you you need to learn how to use some of these techniques because um, because there's a big old gap between your your thinking speed. And your how much input you're getting in through your reading, and you think at about anywhere between four to five hundred words per minute. But if you're only taking in a hundred to one hundred and fifty, that gap you're going to be bored. Your mind's going to wander off. You're going to fall asleep. You're going to think about other things. You're going to have to reread that last sentence or that last paragraph twenty times. So that's 
the speed that I, I think people should be shooting for is anywhere from 350 to 450 probably. Yeah. And to add on that, onto that, I want to talk about a concept called reading flexibility because um, when I looked in the Wikipedia article for reading speed, it mentions that there are studies about reading like different types of reading and the speeds at which people read, you know, for different purposes. So like if somebody's reading to memorize a passage of text, it's going to be less than hundred words per minute and that's fine. Um, now the interesting thing it mentions here is like reading for learning is between hundred and 200 words per minute and reading for comprehension is between, between 200 and 400. So what I couldn't find is what they define the difference as between uh, learning and comprehension reading. But what I took from it is that when you read text that's heavy with new concepts or when the concepts are closely presented, it's dense text, uh, you're going to have to go slower. Whereas if you get to a section of text where it's familiar material that you already know about or when the concepts are spread thin and kind of padded out with asides or examples, then you can read faster. And uh, it's important to note this because I think a lot of speed reading people who you know, people who write about speed reading or texts about it sort of have this assumption that you can work out to a continuous rate of 400 words per minute or whatever they say you can get to and in the real world you're going to get to you know you're going to get to that level with some texts and then you're going to be reading slower with others yeah and i i tend to agree we were talking before we got on how you're trying to get through meditations and there's just a lot of new concepts, different ideas, and my reading that I'm currently doing is a little more repetitive. I'm trying to train up in, in certain areas, so I'm reading similar types of books, which mm-hmm. I feel like you, you kind of, I was like, oh yeah, I've heard this concept before. I like how that he's represented it here, and I'm trying to make connections through that, and I feel like that type of reading you can do a little bit more rapidly, and some of the books do yeah, have those, it's like, here's one point, Here's three pages of a story to explain why this is a good point. But I can see why they do that. Stories are easier to remember than just pure content. So mm. um, I, I think I think there is something to be said for that. We were talking about that Friday as well um, about, you know, it, it, are you trying to read for uh, to actually take a test? Do you need what kind of what kind of comprehension do you need? Uh, because a lot of times maybe you don't need perfect comprehension you don't really need to read every single word and get every single content out of there if you're just trying to get the general themes of ideas uh, or, yeah. or, or of the book or the, of the passage or whatever it may be mm-hmm. so um, beyond this like flashing text thing you've tried out what other techniques have you found that help with increasing your reading speed well the three that really worked well for me are to read only keywords Okay. And keywords are, are just what you're saying. They're the content words. And those are words with more than three or four letters. So d- don't worry about trying to know what exactly a keyword is. Just focus on words that have more than four letters in it is basically what you do. And it's it's pretty difficult to get out of the habit of reading every single word. So another technique that I stacked on top of that read-only keywords is to focus on the white area in between the lines. And doing that, you only see the top half of the letters. But if you go to open up a book right now and uh, take a note card and, and hide the bottom half of the sentence or of the line right there, you'll notice that with the top half of the words, of the letters, that you can actually take a pretty good educated guess on what 
the the word is. Uh, so I've, I've yeah. got an example, right? Yeah, I've noticed but that if you, actually. With the bottom half, though, you can't get anything, though. With the bottom half, it's a lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. So you can focus on the top half of the words, and that and the, just breaking that pattern, because it seems a little bit weird, will allow you to just focus on the letters. And the last thing I stacked on top of that was the idea of a swing, swing, eye swing. And I'll send you this picture that I have. It's basically some thick black lines with a bunch of dots and then another thick line and a bunch of dots and thick line. What the technique has you do is to train your eyes to be a little bit better with the saccade. Okay. And I think that I, really this one is the key where I, I was always a slow reader because I think I did a lot of the regressions and looking back at lines mm. and my eyes were jumping all over the place. But what you can do is you can do this exercise, which is just looking at the black lines and and swinging your eyes over the uh, the dots. And you go and you you try to focus on each one of these black lines, uh, just going from one to one to one to one. They're they're spaced out in different different areas. And you do that a couple times. You can start to train your eyes to um, to move in a fashion that will be a little bit better for picking up those keywords that are mm-hmm. are still within your field of vision. I don't remember the name for the, the field of vision. vision. That, that, yeah, because okay. I've I've read things where you can like expand that and that you just got to follow your finger or take a note card and force yourself to go down. All all of those techniques they they never seem to work for me, and they may work mm. for some people. But the, these three alone, I was just like shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, this, this is awesome. So I I have this book, uh, Ten Days to Faster Reading. I I bought this book probably six years ago. And oh, yeah. I, I sat on the desk just in case we wanted to reference it. And like as you were talking, I like flipped it open and I actually flipped to the eye swing page. Oh yeah. And I've got the cool. picture here of the black lines of the dots. And you see, I could see some potential merit in that because you know, as the research stated, people tend to fixate on the longer words, um, which are most more than likely going to be the content words. So if you can train yourself to more often fixate on those content words, then you should be able to get to the text uh, quicker. Yeah, and, and so, that's yeah. been my experience. Is that I by focusing just on the content words, by using just the little hack of only looking at the longer words, using swing eyes, and trying to just look at the top half of the words mm-hmm. uh, or of the letters of the uh, of the words, that um, that I, I'm able to focus a little bit more, and my speed and comprehension both go up. Okay, at least that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a couple other techniques that I kind of figured out. And so these are a little different because a lot of speed reading techniques tend to focus on better ways to scan the text, uh, how to move your eyes faster, stuff like that. But the ones that I think are even more important are things like knowing what it is that you want to learn before going into the book. And I want to talk about like reasons for reading later because this doesn't always apply. But if you have a specific thing you want to learn, it's in a book, you know, or you think it's likely that it's going to be in the book. You know, if you prime your brain to look for the passages on that, then you can sort of skip over more irrelevant material on your way to finding that out. And then um, one thing I've talked about before in a previous video was something called the pseudo skimming technique, where you're sort of skimming through the text quickly and you're very obviously, like you know that you're not going to be comprehending all the stuff you're skimming past, but what you're looking for are paragraphs that are uh, where the key concepts are really communicated. And you can 
generally find that out by looking at the first sentence or the last sentence of a paragraph. Is this paragraph dense with the actual information, like the meat of the content I'm trying to get to? Or is it filler? Is it an aside? Or because a te- like a professor wrote this textbook, do they want to be really thorough and and like cover every edge case and every exception? Is it a story or something? Um, or is it the meat of the content? So as you're skimming through, when you identify a paragraph that is very important, you slow down, like that reading flexibility we talked about. You slow down, you read that entire paragraph, you make sure you understand and comprehend what you just read, and then you go back to that quicker uh, pseudo-skimming technique where you're going past all the asides and stuff and just kind of scanning through them, glancing for something that might be important. Uh, but you know, you know, the majority of the important material are going to be in those core paragraphs. Cool. I like it. I say all of the above. Use them all. Yes. And uh, so the last thing that I wanted to cover was, like I alluded to before, the reasons for reading. Uh, I know that personally, I got interested in all these speed reading techniques because I would walk into Barnes & Noble and just want to read like every book on the shelf. Um, And like I got a Goodreads account and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have like so many books read on my Goodreads and like it wasn't necessarily because there was a specific thing I wanted to learn or that I had so much reading I had to get through for school. It's just like I wanted to kind of be well read. Like I had this uh, idea about all these like Renaissance men who were so, like so well read on every subject and they could talk about anything at any, any party or whatever. And I kind of realized that for one, like Goodreads is not the Xbox achievement list. It's not like people aren't going to be super impressed that I read a bunch of books. And (laughs) uh, the other thing is more information is created like every what day now than was created back in the Renaissance. So there's really no way to be like one of those guys because everything is so specialized and detailed now. So I've just sort of gotten out of this mindset that I want to read every single book ever and more into the mindset that I want to take my time with books and really understand what I'm reading and comprehend it and actually improve my life with the content in them. I like it. I, I like the concept of just-in-time learning in general, mm. and I think that's what you're doing. You're deep diving into a particular topic and learning so you can teach it or learning so you can apply it to your, your life or your business, and I think that's a good way to go about things. I do think that, at least me personally, I always have that that I still have that underlying want of being, you know, a subject matter expert in the, in certain areas. And the way to do that is to read a little bit more. And people who are in college now may be thinking, oh man, I, you know, I spend three, four or five hours a day reading. And when you graduate and you get a job, actually a lot of your time you will spend reading, but actually taking the time to read a book is, is something that falls away for a lot of people. Uh, so I, just for you, if you're wanting to to get in back into reading and actually completing more books, uh, a recent little addition to my morning ritual is a uh, a read and walk. Now, okay. if if you if you have access to a gym that has a treadmill, um, which my new apartment in Austin, Texas, does, so you've got to visit sometime soon. Um, <laughs> You can you can set the uh, the speed at pretty low two and a half miles per hour is what I do it at and grab your Kindle and just go get going and get reading and I've been hmm. doing that for the last three weeks I've read about four books <laughs> because nice. an hour a day 
really adds up and using the speed reading techniques, uh, I've been able to get a little bit more done. One of the books is pretty dang short though. So it's kind of like a a quarter book, (laughs) but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's about making the time. So I think when, if, if people out there listening and have graduated or, or about to graduate, think about you know when you're going to find time for this this learning and the synthesis and um, and and growing yourself. You know, and either health. A lot of books I read are about health. A lot of them are about mindset. A lot of them uh, maybe are just stories that that are interesting that you can connect with your real life. Uh, but it's it, you do need to make the time for it and. Uh, I, I know your schedule and I understand why Maybe you're not reading as many books as you, you used to. Yeah. I think that's, that's the big one. You know, if you want to read more books, you simply have to make the time to read. And, and I think the best way to do that is to build it into your, some sort of schedule, you know, morning ritual or before you go to bed or something, just have a daily time to read. Um, mine's been in the morning. I've just been trying to do 20 minutes a day and that helps because I know like I can easily get up, eat breakfast, and then get into my work. And I know that work expands to fill the time we've allotted for it. So if I allot the entire day for work and I don't read, I'm probably not getting a whole lot more done than if I read for 20 minutes, you know, and then started working that 20 minutes later. Uh, it's probably not going to be a huge difference except for that I actually read. So making time for it, you know. I think the big the big concept here with regards to speed reading is there's an inverse relationship between your reading speed and your reading comprehension. So which one's more important to you? You know, make that decision. Mm, <laughs> up to four, four, past the 400, 500 mark. No, I, I think, think even, I think your even, comprehension actually goes down if you're only reading um, 100 words per minute. You're just not going to get through the text. You're not going to get through the material. You're going to be bored. You're, you're going to fall yeah. asleep. You're going to feel your eyes are, are going to get tired. It's uh, true, but, yeah. If I'm, if I'm like looking at each individual letter and being like E-Y-E-S, <laughs> the word is eyes. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. But with regards to like if you're thinking like I want to read faster than I currently read now from that starting point, you can you can definitely – I think you can – Keep comprehension high to a point, but eventually the inverse relationship starts. You start scanning, and your comprehension goes down. So, you think we've uh, we've covered it here? I think so. Okay. And about, about taking a little bit of time, I actually did some math. the uh, The average book length is sixty four thousand words, and okay. if you have a reading speed, let's just go in the middle, uh, three hundred words per minute. If you read a half hour every single day and you are at that 300 words per minute and just you could get most books done in about three and a half hours. And if you do that, you can read 50 books a year. Nice. Just That's the that's the math. And so it, a half, a half a hour every more. single day um, will give you yeah, more books than I've read in a year. Yeah, that's uh, I, I don't think I've ever even read like 25 in a year. So if you could really keep that habit up then that would be pretty impressive. Uh, I'll also add that, you know, it's good to think about other ways to improve your retention of the material that you're reading. Like just reading, uh, just running your eyes over it once, even if you do it in a method that gives you high comprehension, doesn't necessarily translate to retention. So that's why I take notes on the books that I read. And um, I think making videos on the subjects I read about also helps. But you have to think about like, how am I going to apply this knowledge? How am I going to revisit it potentially? Quiz myself on it, and 
more concretely store it in my brain because just reading is only one piece of the puzzle. Totally. Yeah. You've, I, I want to pick your brain sometime about all your, uh, your note taking and, and all that, uh, that you have going there because I think you are probably able to retain way more than the average person because of, of how you dissect and tear apart and apply and, and use books in your life. Yeah, I try to. I mean, I just have a, I mean, it's pretty simple for me. I've got a book notes, uh, notebook and Evernote. And after I read a chapter or maybe like a section or a certain number of pages, depending on how the book is laid out, I will go sit at my desk and then I'll go back through it and I'll pick out the important parts I want to remember and just write bullet notes in Evernote on it. Um, and I'll often try to like put little asides in there, like say, oh, this reminds me of this other thing I learned, make a connection to some other piece of material or put a note that, hey, I want to make a video on this, do more research. So it isn't just regurgitating and summarizing, summarizing exactly what I read. I'm also trying to make connections to things I already know or want to learn in the future as well. Well, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe I should cut my reading time in half, spend 30 minutes reading and then 30 minutes synthesizing like that. that there you go. Be better. Term. That's no, that's probably a way to go about it. To be honest, like if it's if it's a book that you really want to retain the information from and be able to use, uh, I think trying to make a deliberate effort to connect it to things you already know and summarize it is going to help you out a lot. Or just speed read it five times in a row. There you go. Yep, <laughs> one thousand <laughs> words per minute, five times. That's two hundred words per minute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that works. Reading and rereading is not. Not very effective. But yeah, I think we've covered it pretty sufficiently. So yeah, uh, yeah let's yeah. wrap up here. All right, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode and learned a thing or two. Like I said, the video upcoming uh, this week on the YouTube channel will cover the same subject. So if you want to see what I say in the video, you can always go over to collegeinvogeek.com slash videos to check those out. It'll take you right to the YouTube channel where you can subscribe and see all the videos there. And also, if you want to find my favorite resources and uh, apps, books, tools, things for making your college experience better, those are over at collegeinfogeek.com slash resources. So thanks so much for listening. Next week's episode is going to be amazing. I'm super, super excited for it. Um, I'm not going to say much about it. You might know what's going on. You might not. But either way, make sure you download next week's episode. It's going to be really cool. So thanks, guys. I'll see you next week. Stay cute. Thanks for listening to the College Info Geek Podcast. Grow your brain even more at www.collegeinfogeek.com.